what? He goes, he goes, he goes, you're not going to believe this man. He goes, but people will find me anywhere. And he goes, I just want to <laughs> yeah. have a cigarette in peace. <laughs> and I don't want my wife to know I haven't quit. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. All right. My guest today is Chef Reginald Jacob Howell. Welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, this is this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk food, which, hey, yes. I don't cook it. I eat it. So <laughs> so you, like myself, are a Tacoma guy. Why yeah, yeah, don't born you, and raised. Uh, yeah. Why don't you tell uh, our audience your, your story? Uh, yeah, so born and raised in Tacoma, uh, and I lived all over from east side to hilltop, uh, graduated Foss High School in 2008. But um, cooking's kind of always been there. You know, I, I learned growing up, um, I was the youngest of three brothers. So before I could go to school, I was able to like sit and uh, bug my grandma all day and like see what she was cooking up. And she'd always have something prepared, man, which was like fried chicken to a cake. But um, that's where it all started, where it all stemmed back. And I can look back and say this is where cooking uh, stuck itself in my heart. And, and, and it hid there for a while, you know what I mean? But um yeah, I just I just look back to those memories, but um, all through college, kind of uh, cooking kind of got me by, man. I'd cook sometimes if I didn't have rent for people, if I needed a place to stay, or I found cool, inventive ways and cheap stuff to cook to turn into a little a little bit of something more edible. Um, but yeah, I got a job at UW. I'm working at Cultivate Restaurant, which allows uh, students to um, do certain things in a restaurant. You know, they let us drop fries and cook some eggs if you wanted to, but I was like, I wanted more than that. So I kept bugging and bugging the chef. And um, the more and more I kind of worked there and uh, just working through college, uh, I realized cooking was something that really was like, I was passionate about something I couldn't stop thinking about. Um, I bought a bunch of books, was like addicted to the food network all growing up. Like, and it just, it just, it just aligned, man. So um, after that, um, after I graduated, I just kept cooking and, you know, I've, I've I've been working professionally now for about seven years. Um, I worked in a few kitchens, um, opened one up with a friend, been a head chef, been a sous chef, competitions, you know, I just, I just love anything about food. So what, what did you go to school for? Um, I went to school for communications. So um, it was, it was more like I play, I play football in college. So um, it was one of those degrees, like just, just get out of there, graduate. I knew what I wanted to do already. Uh, communication was the closest thing to kind of get me out of there, like as soon as possible. Um, so I ended up doing four and a half years, finished that, you know, you'd have to come up, but, um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So you played football. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A little position? bit, a little bit. Oh, running back for, for okay. the meantime, I was a scat back, not a big guy, but I was quick. So <laughs> quick. yeah. Yeah. Good. So how do I want to say this? Well, first off, you said something about taking cheap, cheap food. That was your word, cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me an example. Tell us, um, tell us something that you, you know, what can you man. do in inexpensive ingredients? Let's see. There used to, well, I had like an induction burner in my dorm room, but I'd always get a hold like of some canned veggies or some like canned chicken or stuff like that. I was on an athlete diet, but I was just turning that into like good, good chicken salads um, taking some beans and like having like hearty bean and egg breakfast type of deal, just small stuff. I can get my hands on my budget. Wasn't big, you know, I had, I was out of state for a couple of years. So the out of state tuition was really kicking my butt. Um, so food was like, 
I was even hitting the food banks, man, you know, <laughs> just like getting what we could, getting getting loads of cereal, spam, things like that. You know, just having like um, delicate or delicate upgraded college meals, athlete meals. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. My, my experience in college was we did a lot of ramen because ramen, we, yeah, we didn't always have milk or butter for mac and cheese. So the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. we always had water so we could at least do ramen. Man, the little mini mac and cheeses used to be good too. Those, uh, those craft ones, all you do is add water. You don't need anything. Yeah, of course, that was, butter and milk would have helped, but, um, pasta, yeah, but pasta, I'm a, man. <laughs> I'm a lot older than you. We didn't have the mini servings. Oh gosh. gosh we just gosh. had the boxes of, you know, and at that time they were like, 12 cents a box yeah yeah you yeah. know it was, it was you know ramen was like eight cents a packet yeah yeah i mean you know, pasta so. was cheap so we got a hand you know pasta was a good thing i learned to cook which was like one of my uh, like favorite cuisines in italian food um back then i was buying just pasta and plain sauce and like something as an athlete that's that's what you need just like some carbs and stuff to refuel you but um i think that's kind of where my love for passion uh, or passion for italian food um, kicked okay. in now that I've had the opportunity to like work at a restaurant, um, in Rama and Tacoma, uh, we do handmade pastas or used to do handmade pastas when I was there. So it was good to kind of like, remember where I used to start. And then now I'm like really making really good stuff. And like, um, even with that Italian food, using minimal ingredients to create something powerful. So, um, yeah. So you also said you started buying cooking cookbooks and all that. So where did yeah. you, when you first got started on the, on the, you know, book learning, if you will, what, what were some of the books that you were picking up that were inspirational? Um, most of them were just like recipe books. I was finding that small little things at Pike Place that were uh, just so what some of the restaurants have done. I was like, I wanted to see what the Pacific Northwest had to offer for right. food. I never really like uh, opened myself to that cuisine. So it was more of books of that. Um, I was also gifted a lot of books like the LaRue's or the Flavor Bible, um, Anthony Bourdain, um, was one of the first books I actually picked up that I took like to heart and was like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like I knew who he was and like watched his stuff, but once you read Kitchen Confidential, man, like it really alters like your way of like going about things and just your thought. Um, but yeah, just small little, even if it's just like a Harry Potter cookbook, something like that, that like intrigues my mind. I like to have food and do weird stuff. So uh, yeah, anything like that, man, I've got a whole bookshelf over here. I'm looking at like, I've got stuff on sous vide. Um, I've got Marthy, uh, Matthew Matheson's new cookbook, a couple of Sean Brock cookbooks. Um, chef Kwame Unwachi, he's actually a James Beard nominated winning chef. Um, I got his book here, Notes of a Black Chef. Uh, it's very, very good for uh, chefs of color to check out too. So um, that, that's actually one of my favorites I've picked up. Okay. So I'm going to move this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I wish I would have worn my Bourdain t-shirt, man. Ah, so, it's probably in the so, wash. <laughs> so I have, to, I have, I have a Bourdain story. Can I share it? Yeah, absolutely. Please, please. So let's see. This was about 12 years ago. Okay. Okay. And, uh, I was, a, a struggling real estate agent in Tacoma trying, trying to make, trying to make ends, ends meet with two teenage kids at home. It was just me, two, 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 two teenage kids. And so I was a limo driver. Oh, okay. Okay. I was chauffeur people around. So the, the guy I worked for got a, a limo company in Tacoma and he calls me up one day. He goes, Hey, I need you to go to Portland. Can you take a town car? Go to Portland. I go, okay. And he goes, you're going to pick up Tony Bourdain. What? Yeah. yeah you're going to pick up Tony Bourdain. Okay. My daughter who was 14 at the time. And I'll say this because she, she would admit it she, in 
she would say at that time she goes, I want to have his child. I mean, that was, she was (laughs) totally passionate about Tony Bourdain. So she's like beside herself. Can you get me an autograph? Can you, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, gotta be careful. You know, I can't like just, he's not going to sit in the car and talk to me. You know, I'm driving. So I go pick him up in Portland and we're driving up from Portland. He's going to do a a performance at the Paramount theater in Seattle with uh, Mario Batali. Okay. Okay. Because the two chefs are going to be on stage talking. That was the thing. So I'm talking to him, you know, briefly having, he was very engaging, super, he was great. Right. And he goes, can I, can you pull over? I need to, I need to get a cigarette. Okay. So we pull over in this little town and he goes, can you go around back? And we're at a gas station. He goes, can you go around back? And I'm like, what? He goes, he goes, he goes, you're not going to believe this man. He goes, but people will find me anywhere. And he goes, I just want to have a cigarette in peace. (laughs) And I don't want my wife to know I haven't quit. I'm like, all right, man. So pull around back of this gas station and he gets out of the car and he lights his cigarette and we're, we're, we're talking and all of a sudden people just start showing up. Oh God. I'm like, what the <laughs> So he's, he's nice. He signs a couple autographs, he gets back in the car. And I said, look, I, I hate to ask you this, but my daughter is just like, just, you know, enthralled. And he's like, Oh, he goes, well, why don't you guys come to our show tonight? And I'm like, wow. I go, I can't afford it. And he goes, well, no, no, I'll give you tickets. I go, well, we're not supposed to take gifts from customers. He goes, yeah, yeah. now do you want to go? Okay. Okay. So yeah, like, yeah, drive, him, <laughs> drive him to Seattle, you know, drop him off. He goes, all right, I'll, I'll have tickets waiting for you. We'll call. I'm like, oh, thanks. Don't I go know. home. I get my daughter. We get ready. We drive from Tacoma back up to Seattle. We go to will call at the Paramount theater. There's no tickets. Oh my gosh. And she's devastated. Right. And I'm just like, oh. and it was sold out. I couldn't afford it. Even if it wasn't. Anyway, as it happened, I was at the will call booth and I'm talking to the guy. I go, look, I, I drove him up today from Portland. Da, 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 and then he happened to walk by. Oh my gosh. And I go, there he is. Would you just, would you just ask him? <laughs> and so the guy actually did. The guy goes, excuse me, excuse me. And Tony, and he's like, oh my God, I forgot to get these guys tickets. Get him in here. And oh, so crap. he hooks us up with the, with the wristbands. We're in the fifth row at the Paramount theater. He does his thing afterwards. There's an after hours party. And we're up on the stage. At, on the Param- at the Paramount Theater on, up on stage and my daughter gets to meet him and she starts crying oh, and no. I've got these pictures. And to, in fact, I talked to her earlier today and she, she has two children and, you know, she still thinks that's the best day of her life. I went yeah, father man. of the year for that. Yeah, I would say you, you went a couple years after that, man. Yeah, like he a movie was, right there. Yeah, he was <laughs> such a nice guy. So, man, such an engaging person. I loved watching his shows. I loved, did you ever read his fiction books? Um, I've read one. I don't have it. I don't have a copy of that. That's the one of them that got lost in a move, I think, or over yeah, the years. mine got but, lost um, too. But yeah, they, yeah. they were just he, yeah. He he would he would he would be somebody I would love to sit around and talk to. Yeah. You know? So sorry, I hijacked your show. Um, yeah, yeah, but it'd be, it'd be but, like it'd be like that one time. Like if you, I mean, your favorite episode. It's like if you could have that one conversation with them. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't even need much. It's like. That's all you need. And what, what we all needed from Bourdain was like a simple conversation about whatever, you know, got a yeah. beer, something to eat or just some laughs and jokes like that. Yeah. that that's what it was about, you know. So that, that's yeah. dope, man. That's a that's a gold memory. Yeah. So anyway, but like I said, I hijacked you. So no, no, it's a, I, so I love that story. I love the story. College, college days, inexpensive yeah. food. And then. You decided after working your way through college, you kind of decided this is, this is what I want to do. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah, so once I graduated, I was able to, like, work saute and really, like, work around the kitchen, man. So I started to just take it over. Um, I was able to run my first special maybe, like, two weeks into my first, like, real, real, this is my kitchen kitchen chef on the line deal. Um, and it didn't sell. And I was crushed. I was crushed. I was like, what the, what the heck? You know what I mean? Like, am I sure I want to do this? But then, um, I had some advice from a chef that trained me, Chef Michelle. She was there. Um, one of my still, like my close chef friends I talked to this day, which is cool. But, um, she was like, we look at it and fix it. And I was like, what do you mean fix it? This is, this is bomb. This is, this is the real deal. Like, but then I was like, okay, you know, I started like remembering certain parts of different books and like different techniques and I analyzed, like, okay, I can make this better. So once I kind of did that, man, um, I actually sold it the next day and sold out. And I was like, okay, okay. I got that first rush, like that adrenaline, like this is cool as hell. So, um, yeah, man, I worked there for another year. Um, just honing my skills kind of, it was a little bit of lunch brunch type of situation where we fed pretty much all the students on campus. Um, a lot of the teachers, donors, things like that, but it was a, a restaurant that um just regular seattle lights could come to so it was it was like an influx of everything man so i've got uh just hours and hours of like working the window learning how to call tickets working grill uh saute things like that just just multi-dimensional stuff man and then i did my year that's as much as they want you to do unless you want to apply for the head chef job but i was like you know i want to go to tacoma and cook uh obviously it was cheaper too so i was like i'm moving back to tacoma like uh, I lived, so I lived in Seattle, which was crazy, went to up Tacoma, and I worked out there. So I was, like, back and forth for a couple years, um, which was stressful. But uh, it allowed me to kind of just focus, man, and really get things done. But my first actual um, outside-of-school job was I worked at Dirty Oscars Anakin Tacoma, which is, like, one of the staples on 6th Ave. I'm pretty sure a lot of people have been there. But it's uh, American Gastro Pub. You know, you got the fried chicken. Uh, they got a brunch menu, things like that. So I worked there for a year or two before. Um, I'm very aggressive when I do things. So like, um, I'm not going to want to sit and work one position for a while. Like my ultimate goal is to be a head chef, you know, or to run my own business. So I was very just like nose down. Um, I was out working all these guys that had been there. And I was just like, I was just a constant hunger and urge to like get better and like, either run that joint or somebody sees me and um, I get to run my own joint. So I did that man for a year or so got bumped up to sous chef like quickly, um, which was like a shock to me. I was like, Holy crap. You know what I mean? Like you read about this and all these books and all these guys went to culinary school, give you advice. And they work years just to get sous chef or off, you know, making salads and stuff. And I'm like, okay, this is a good opportunity, man. Don't squander it. And that was like another good feeling because i was like okay i love cooking but this is like solidifying the things that i'm doing uh, like the nights i spend up learning and asking questions and just sitting at home flipping beans in a pan trying to get my saute game work you know what i mean so uh, that was cool and that was like a very big stepping stone and then i started to get on like instagram and post food and specials and things like that and uh, people were listening and liking and uh, i even got a bid back in the day from like a couple uh, food network shows like which was cool so i, I mean not to like uh, it was more of like apply and we'll see if we can maybe like your application but just mm-hmm. the, it gave me that idea of like holy crap you know what i mean like if I'm, I'm 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 doing something correct um and then yeah i, I moved over to moshi moshi in tacoma which is a ramen is a bar 
I was sous chef over there. And then I went sous chef down kind of at Enrama for a while before um, recently, right before COVID and the world went to, to heck, man. Um, I took a head chef job up here in Seattle, which is why I live in uh, Lake City. So okay. um, that that was like just over the past four or five years getting to that point. And I was like, cool. You know what I mean? Like I set a five year plan and like actually like <laughs> executed. Like I'm, I'm, I'm walking into a head chef, a new year, a uh, new me. <laughs> type of deal but um <laughs> yeah 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 man <laughs> oh man i wish that that saying was more powerful but there's no gyms open really so there's <laughs> i can't keep up with it but yes i took the the head chef job and um that was like a great opportunity man i was i really wanted to cook my own food and uh this is this is a great place to do such um okay. so i did that man um and then COVID happened and everything shut down and there wasn't really hours of work and you know, the spill, it was just so much going on. So I actually started pushing more towards my, like my private chef in business. Um, okay. I feel like it was a good time to like get, get a, get a business started, at least get like, um, an alternative to eating out. I can bring a restaurant to people, um, once COVID like allowed certain phases and stuff. So I'm um, now just been kind of, doing my own thing, writing menus each week, um, having good opportunities to meet people, go into, you know, different environments every week and have some fun. It's been really cool. So how has the, well, first of all, I got a question and I'd let you go a long time before I ask this one, your first special, the one that bombed. Yeah. What was it? Uh, it was like a pasta dish or something like, well, I think it was like a Chipino. Okay. We were working on a Chipino. So there was like clams, mussels, I think we threw uh, some scallops in there, but um, I just, I didn't cook it out long enough. I was so happy. And so uh, like, just let's just get this going. Let's get this going. My sauce wasn't good. When I actually okay. went back and tasted it, everything together and cooked it, um, you know, added a little wine, some shots, uh, sauteed garlic, shallots, something of the sorts like that. And I actually went through it. I realized like, man, this like, this just tastes like plain tomato juice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Like even with everything. So I realized like that I have to respect the process of uh, the R and D behind the dish. Even if it's something that's been cooked a thousand times, I haven't cooked it a thousand times. Um, gotcha. Okay. And that kind of like leveled me out. And I was like, all right, man, well don't do all this research and, and not be able to like uh, put it to work. You know what I mean? Like training myself and asking to get trained. Um, so that's when I kind of learned a man like, uh, just because you want something doesn't mean it can always happen. Like you have to respect the dish, respect uh, the culture that created that, that was, or, you know, that Pacific plate itself. So um, it, it made me hone down, man. And that's when I, I came back the next day, I fo actually followed my recipe instead of being cocky and trying to, you know, just throw everything in the pot and hope it tastes good. And um, yeah, that was like a defining moment of just, just focus, keep it simple, keep it good um, and, and stick to what okay. you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> but it crushed me. I tell you, it, it crushed, crushed me. <laughs> but from from adversity comes success. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what like that that's was was part of the addictive part too. Man, was um, something not always working out, but just figuring out the process to do it in like a different way or um, using a different ingredient to sub to get what you want. And it was just it made me fall in love with just trying to find things around me that like and like influence influence a certain dish and. Uh, it was, it was just cool, man. It was just so cool. 
Awesome. Well, see, I always, I always like to ask people like, what was this great idea that you had that didn't yeah. work? Well, <laughs> I don't have to ask that question because you already shared that one with yeah, us. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's cool. Well, that's one of many, you know, that's probably, uh-huh. but that was like my first ever like failure was like, oh, uh, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, let me reverse a little bit. So, well, okay. So let's, 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 let's go down one more failure rung. Yeah, what was yeah. another, like you had this like idea, like you're going to put this together and this is going to be all that. Let's see. Let's see. And it wasn't. Okay. Um, so this was almost one of my last specials out. It was just a weird dish. It was like, um, I tried to like layer cornbread and I tried to make it like a shepherd's pie cornbread type of deal. Okay. But I just had too much stuff in it, man. Um, for my chili, it was like cornbread chili or something of the sort. But I try to throw like too much veg, too much beans, too much this, and um, it, like it tasted good, but like it was too much. There's too much going okay. on. I was like, I even confused myself. I even tried it, but it was on the spreadsheet. I had to sell it. You know, I had I had tried the day before, but never like sat down and had it fully. And I was like, man, this is a lot. So it it sold, but didn't. There's a lot of like half eaten plates, things like that. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, coming back. So I was like, okay. Um, all right. What I do wrong? You know, it tasted good. The flavors are good, but there was just too much. So um, the process of like editing myself was like mm-hmm. going back to the drawing board. Like, what do I really want? Do I want, you know, do I want a classic shepherd's pie? Just should I stick with that? Or should I do this like um, this corn pudding, cornbread pudding situation? Like, there was a version of it out somewhere probably, but um, I was probably at that time, I was like cocky and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to try to like not get hung up on something else. I'm going to see if I can like recreate something and, and so happen to uh, make it good. But um, I took like like three beans out. <laughs> uh, I took the, I think I took the zucchini, onions, and I left it just with some ground meat, uh, kidney beans, and like a spicy tomato sauce or something like that. Simplified it. It sold better. It ate better. Okay. But um, that was one of those more moments where, you know, sometimes you get too excited and you have all these things, but you have to just like edit it a little bit, you know what I mean? And, and, and focus on uh, <laughs> focus on one or two things and execute them well. Okay. No, yeah. that's excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you tell us about this chef, chef's role plate competition? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I've had a lot of decent milestones, man, in this cooking thing. Um, I think it's one of those like (laughs) work hard and things present themselves. So uh, once I started getting like going on Instagram, um, Chef's Roll is just like a community uh, platform for a lot of chefs to meet. And uh, they uh, on their Instagram and the social media, they kind of highlight chefs from all over the world, kind of with different techniques, different sustainable processes to go about but um i met them guys through a contest so there was this it was like a chef's convention the first chef's convention that they were throwing and it looked like it looked like something cool i wanted to go to like meet some guys uh i've always wanted to travel and, and and talk food and meet people so um it was more of like hey instagram friends and family go tag me get me to the san diego i won't let you down um you know type of deal so they came through you know, to help my fiance too. She's she's pretty good at like uh, social media stuff. She she was tagging me, making sure I like reminded people to tag tag tag, and they hit me up, and I they were like, "Yeah, man, we you won." So it was a 
uh, free contest or a free trip down to San Diego hotel. Um, actually get the, I brought one of my chef buddies I've never met before in real life. So that was our first time meeting there. And we formed a bond that we're still friends uh, to this day, man. We talk almost every other day. But um, so I met the CEO of Chef's Roll, Spiceology, True Cooks. It was like a conglomerate of like chef owned operated uh, businesses. And he was like, yeah, we got a chef competition. Uh, come to Seattle. Would you, you know, be interested? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You know, like, please remember my face. Like, I hope you do. I, I like low key was was like just so happy to be there. I'm like, but if you, you know, you want me in a contest, like, cool, that'd be dope. Like, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, so a couple months after, man, they, they hit me up. Like, hey, do you want to be in a contest? I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. In my head, I'm like, whoa, dude, like you've never competed before. Um, are you ready for that? Like, I'm pretty sure you're going to pick a banging chef to like go against. Like, um, so I was nervous, but um, yeah. <laughs> so they, they sent us our product that we had to work with. It was like lamb tuna and the dessert was like open um open for interpretation so um i ended up writing the menu man um we had a couple months to prepare uh so we ended up being for 65 people was a plate of dinner uh three no four courses man and (laughs) yeah i executed the menu and i won which was which is huge and so the package was um a knife set uh the the whole Competition itself was filmed, so you get a highlight reel that goes for social media, but also connecting me with a lot of chefs. And um, it, one gave me credibility, man. Just I've never competed before. I've never cooked really like high end food like that in that that atmosphere. And I want to get into a chef that has been cooking in Seattle for a while, and she's actually at one of the Thomas Douglas restaurants, I believe, um, one of his many that are out in Seattle. But um, that was cool. You know, uh, he's a he's a great chef, done great things for, you know, uh, city of Seattle and all that. So to be able to beat one of his chefs, man, just just a little guy from Tacoma. Um, that was like that was like dope. And I was like, you know, like my addiction like grew and I was like, well, now I want to compete, you know, or I just want to like be in front of people like doing what I love. And like um, that was the coolest thing. I had friends and family there uh, that were there to support me, man. And um, it, was, it was just like it was the coolest thing. <laughs> What's it like? I mean, uh, you know, Food Network has changed things. Yeah, yeah. You know, chefs are now celebrities. Yeah. You know, I mean, chefs are right there with, you know, we talk about chefs like we talk about Russell Wilson. You know, I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I think a lot of that credit goes to, you know, Food Network for um, exposing the talents that are everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And, but I've got to imagine, and I've, I've worked very, very briefly in a a kitchen when I was in college. Um, I wasn't allowed to use knives because (laughs) I was dangerous type thing, you know? Um, So basically I, I washed dishes, but it's (laughs) it's gotta be completely different to be competing versus working dinner service. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, dinner service, it's fun. You know, you have your set menus at your restaurants, um, but you have like backups and, and, and plan B's. You have stuff available to do such and competitions mm-hmm. in a sense. It's either live. It's right in front of you and you've got to make what you, you know, what you have or what they give you. Um, so it's I mean, it's it's both fun. There's a different rush. There's a different like when you're competing. It's like, you know, when I play football, it's like yeah, I'm going to beat you. Like I came here to beat you. And, and to do just winning anything, you know, you beat your little sibling in, in a video game. You're like, you're pumped. 
So you get that rush, but a dinner rush, man, there's nothing like you've got like a hundred tables and they get flipped three times during the night. And you're just like busting out food, busting out food, busting out food. And you don't miss a beat, man. Like there's something that's so like, so it's like a symphony, you know, if you really, if you really play it right. And um, there's been restaurants where you may not get a break, you know, it's just that kitchen life where you're just like, you're, you're cooking, you're on the line. You may get a, a bathroom break or some water, man. But um, that rush is like, um, it, it's, it's irreplaceable, you know, it's irreplaceable, especially when it's your food or it's a special or just the place that you work, you're really proud of. And then like put out that, that, that food, man, um, getting through an eight hour shift, that feels more like a 12. And even sometimes it is a 12. It's like, it's rewarding because, you know, uh, it's a lot of strain, man. Some people, there's dietary needs and allergies and things like that. With the, with the food competition, it's more of a set menu mm-hmm. um, or it's live, you know, and you're, you're maybe cooking for one or two, three people. So it's not like a big, big, well, it is big, you know, you want to win, but you know, three people rather than a hundred seat, 200 seat uh, or 200 guests type of deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, depends on, like you said, with the food network and Instagram and social media, a lot of chefs were able to, uh, you know, promote ourselves like celebrities, you know, and depends on who we choose or people who chooses to follow us and like support us. Um, it's, it's all up to them, but, um, it's, it's what you have to do now to kind of get yourself out there, sell your business or sell your company, uh, be able to clothe online, things like that. I mean, you know, spices and all that stuff. You have to promote yourself as a celebrity. You got to really walk tall and, um, you know, prove you are the best. And it's it's really up to you to gotta answer the call when when people, uh, you know, dial in. So, no, I, I, you, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm on your uh, on your site and I'm looking at some of your dishes you've got here. And yeah. <laughs> tell me about your steak and grits. Steak and grits. Oh, that's actually the, the, one of the dishes that a chef's roll when I did the chef's competition, they posted okay. it. And that's how I kind of found out. I like get this tag on my phone. And I'm like, chef's roll. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, no way. And then I get an email then I get a call and I'm like, oh crap, you know, like I won. But that was them <laughs> announcing like, you know, and it showed off my dish to their 10,000 followers or however, how much they had at the time. And I'm like, oh, snaps. Like I'm going to start like getting a couple buzz. But that dish was, um, at Enrama in Tacoma, downtown Tacoma, when we first started doing brunch, we were kind of playing around um, what we really wanted to do, what was really hidden for brunch. We know we wanted some type of grits or polenta since it was Italian um, restaurant. Mm-hmm. We wanted something like that. So normally we do a, a rotating protein or um, if it's something that's left over from a special that we can uh, reconstitute to a different dish. So that mm-hmm. it was pretty much steak and grits. We had, we had grits on hand. We had the steak that was a... Uh, um, already well marinated. So I was like, perfect. Let's just do that. Throw a fried egg. You throw, you know, throw a fried egg on anything, man, you, you've got breakfast. Um, so yeah, that, the thick and grits, I love making grits, you know, I love Southern food. So, um, I made them like nice, real cheesy, creamy, um, steak cooked, perfect, medium rare. Um, we marinated in just, uh, a little bit of like citrus and like heavy pepper, um, picked it up with heavy salt and, um, gave it a nice, nice, real sear, but that thing sold out. We were only able to do, about 10 to 12, just with our size and volume um, at the restaurant. It's like really small, um, mm-hmm. 50, 20 to 50 people seat type of place. But um, yeah, That's, I mean, brunch is, brunch is always like a, you know, a backbone for me. Yeah. No, it's beautiful looking dish. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's awesome. Why don't we talk about for a second? So you're, you're, you're doing um, private chef. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Big pause there. 
<laughs> what was what was the motivation for you to go into that part of cooking? Um, well, I've, I mean, people always ask me to cook. You know, when I'm outside of work, like, hey, can you cook for me? Can you cook for me? And I was <laughs> like, like, no, I'm off work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, come cook for me. Like, I'm hungry. Um, but I was like, hmm, you know, maybe on my off days or the times I have. Uh, free, why don't I just charge people and I'll come cook them a meal? You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So starting off that small, that's something I've always done with like my whole career um, in my free time is, is somebody wants me to slow down for a barbecue. You know, they've got the kids and they don't have the hands. So I, I go hook a meal up for them, but just slowly and slowly over the years, I kind of started to like really um, define my own cooking and, um, you know, start to begin to write my own menu stuff or, future book purposes and things like that, or just future when I open my restaurant. Um, so it just began as that. Then when COVID hit, it was a, like a perfect opportunity um, to kind of take some time to focus on like uh, my future as a chef and like, you know, what I wanted to do outside of a restaurant. Um, and it just so happened. We started going into phases when I wanted to like offer my services. So I did that just to make an extra dollar, um, just to, you know, I was trying to survive during COVID, man. A lot of chefs took hit, which was half their hours were cut. So I needed to fill in it. And it was perfect um, during the time, man. So uh, people started to bite and hit me up for parties of two, parties of two, parties of two. And then once the phases hit, I've been able to um, kind of do parties of 10 and things like that. And it's mostly people making up for birthdays and celebrations, which is cool. So I'm able to, like, um, create a good memory for them. But, um, yeah, it's just right now it's it's. I mean, it's going well, you know, people are still kind of afraid to eat out, but what I've been doing is offering like customized menus for each person, um, depending on if they want Italian to Asian to Southern to Caribbean, I'm able to uh, execute these, uh, Mm -hmm. four course menus for them. So, um, yeah, it's, it's honestly something I've got on the forehand. I don't really see myself going back to a restaurant soon. Um, I've got some opportunities, man, to get like a mobile version of my kitchen or brick and mortar. So, uh, praying that happens, but um, the private awesome. private chef stuff is kind of getting me out there right now. So when you're doing the private chef, are you bringing all the ingredients to? Yep. So yep. you you you're doing the shopping. Yeah. You're you're bringing the full. So yeah, I've I bought I've bought plates. I've got equipment I've collected from over the years. Um, so okay. I pretty much take nine. Nah, I take a restaurant to wherever they're at. Mostly it's been like uh, people's homes or. Uh, like an Airbnb or something like that. Now I would literally take all I need. I do the shopping, do the prepping, um, and I, I, I cook live for them. Like a, it's like a restaurant, so we'll go through each course. Um, each either paired with like a wine or a cocktail, um, things like that. But um, it's been different. Everybody wants something different, so I've kind of been able to like hit every little spectrum and figure out like uh, a package. How are you able to do that? I mean, not every kitchen's got everything you need necessarily. Yeah. So how do you, I mean, how do you, how do you prepare for that? That inevitability that you walk in and go, Oh, I needed X and let, let's say a stove and yeah. there's no stove here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, half the time there's a grill or I have a, a mobile grill, um, and okay. a little like Cuisinart mini oven. So, um, I luckily I'm, I'm doing fine dining ish food. So it's not like big, big pans and stuff. So I've actually had to use my toaster oven. Um, I bring my Vitamix wherever I go. All my like little kitchen immersion blenders. <clears throat> um, yeah, my portable grill. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of equipment, you know, it just so I know 
right in the menu was like, this could go wrong. Bring this equipment just in case you've got to like turn it into something else. You know what I mean? Like if I had gotcha. a, like, if I needed to bake cornbread and I couldn't, I'd just make a corn cake and throw it on the flat top or something like that, or even do like mini ones in the toaster oven. But um, that happens in the restaurant too. Sometimes something breaks during service. And you've got to That's figure true. out how to like put these plates out. So it's it's nothing new when I walk into a kitchen and I'm like, oh, so this like this is the counter space I have, and I end up cutting out my cooler or something like that. But it's fun, man. It adds like a little joy. I mean, it does kind of irritate you, but it's like let me show off a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's. I mean, <laughs> I, that would totally throw me off. I wouldn't. Oh know, man, I, I, I wouldn't recover. And uh, in Rama, so we work on uh, it's an electric range. And it's uh, in the old courthouse building in Tacoma. Like, uh, everybody who's from Tacoma knows the old courthouse. It's like right on 9th and Pacific. But um, that building is very old, as, as you know. You know. <laughs> and uh, the power sometimes, like, it's shared. It's shared in a lot of places. Uh, one brunch, man, that their range went down. We had no oven, no no stovetop, no flat top. And the steam table was working. And all we had was one induction. And it was like 10 minutes before breakfast, we opened the doors. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, what am I going to do? So I'm cooking off this one induction for a little bit. So we're trying to flip the breakers and get the oven back on. And even then, it's going to take 20 minutes to warm back up. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, stuff like that happens. Or, you know, there's a gas fire and things like that. Or just the oven just isn't heating up. Or you burn something. I mean, it's all the same. You got to figure out, you know, what to do. Like, you're there. Get it done. <laughs> okay, well. You're better at that than I would be. That's for sure. Yeah, man. Just practice. A lot of practice. <laughs> so one of the things I always like to ask people is like, so you grew up in Tacoma. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And I don't always like to ask them. You grew up in Tacoma because that's not true for a lot of people, but you could tell you. Yeah. Growing up. What were some places that you th- in the food space? What oh. were some food, some Tacoma memories? Do you have any Tacoma memories? Um. Yeah. I mean, so many, man. I mean, you've got Frisco Freeze, which is like a staple. Like, I'm a, I've always been a huge burger fan. Um, that was like my McDonald's if, if I wanted, like, McDonald's after school. Like, mom, can we go to Frisco Freeze or that type of deal? Um, and that was like, you know, one of the places I could always, like, you can, you can get a consistent burger, man. Um, but playing football, man, so on Saturdays, my dad would always get Bob's Barbecue, which is actually located in uh, Hilltop neighborhood. Bob's Barbecue's yeah. been there. 70, 80 years, man. It's like one of the stables in Tacoma. They got the big smoker out front sometimes. You, you can just like smell it like just all down MLK. But um, we get like a half pound of rib tips, man, and some loaves of bread. So after a game, whether we, you know, win or lose, um, he'd have some rib tips for us. And like, I just remember we used to be in the car. I've got my pads on still, sweating, smelling like grass. And But you can just, you can just have this like smoky, spicy, sweet, like simple like it was just like good ribs you know what i mean like i didn't i didn't i like home-cooked food man so there was no like begging for for candy and all that i was like man let's go to bob's like that was like our game day meal you know um, okay other than that let's see um uncle therms is like a good southern spot man that's in tacoma um going there and get some good barbecue good southern food but uh, those like the, the like the memories like growing up man was just like those two really Oh, Southern Kitchen Man, too. Southern Kitchen right over near Jason Lee. Um, yep. That was something you go out to church. We go to at the church, man. Get a nice full meal. Like, you, you definitely won't leave there hungry for sure. And they've been there for a while um, and has been featured on, a, like, I think, was it Diners, Drivers, and Dives before, too? Yeah. So um, they've got their own credibility. But um, 
those are two places I can I can really like feel grown up. Okay, so what about you know I, th- what about now in Tacoma? I mean, yeah, you mentioned yeah. Dirty Oscars, um, but what else is what else has been happening in Tacoma that you think is worthy um, of note? Well, going to UW Tacoma, man, you see, I was seeing a lot of the the change that that area is bringing to Hilltop. So, I mean, Tacoma's been getting gentrified for years now. Mm-hmm. Um, with the addition of like the light rail, things like that going all through MLK, it's kind of like uh, this place, a lot of people. Um, there's like, a, I don't know how many businesses right now are, are suffering because of the construction or the rent that they can't pay. Um, so a lot of, a lot of Hilltop uh, local residents are being kind of like pushed out in a sense, you know what I mean? So some places it can be good. It can bring business, but um, it's, it's a change they really didn't need. I mean, change could have been more focused on like housing and the homeless situation going on and obviously the drug and crime. Um, those are the main issues you re- really wish would come in instead of just bringing a rail, you know, a link rail that essentially mm-hmm. no one really needed. Um, but that's, that's just, you know, one of the main things that a lot of businesses are suffering from is the gentrification going on uh, in Tacoma. But there's a lot of good light coming through with COVID. A lot of businesses are still surviving. Um, people are really going out there supporting, um, like I mentioned, like Uncle Therms and uh, Southern Kitchen. I believe there's Essence Lounge, which is on 6th Ave now. It's a new uh, Black-owned restaurant that's, like, making some note in Tacoma. Um, okay. But it's just those little bit of light. Tacoma's never been defeated, and if you're from Tacoma, it's just like anybody can say it, but it means something different. You know, being from the two five three, man, like we really can make it out of nothing. We, 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 you know, diamond in the rough for sure. Um, so, I mean, the food scene's still surviving, which is good. Cookie Two, mm-hmm. which is on the hilltop, um, they're right on MLK, and they're uh, they're black owned as well, but they're also vegan. So there's like good food around, man, that's being offered. Um, a lot of these restaurants are also like deeply involved in the community, which is pretty awesome. Um, and there's, I mean, there's been programs all around Tacoma, even in Rama, uh, my old place starts to work every Wednesday. Do they do free community meals? Um, without question, you know, if you need a meal for a family, they've got you covered. Um, so that's, that's what's beautiful about it. Even though there's a lot going on and a lot of people are without work, the places that are surviving are still able to like, um, you know, provide for others around them and, and see to it that we all survive. Yeah, no, and that's, that's very important to every community, not just Tacoma, but yeah. it's great that Tacoma's Tacoma's doing that. Yeah. Um, get, getting together to do that. Are you a coffee drinker? Um, yeah. And yeah, no, I mean, I love coffee, but I'm trying to switch to teas now. <laughs> Cause I like, oh. just been, I drink so much coffee, but, um, yeah, that's probably my go my my go to choice if I had to. Coffee. Okay, so yeah. how about all right? Well, tea. You're, you switched to tea. Where, is there a place in Tacoma that's serving good tea? Um, I'm not too sure if it's just tea, but I know there's Bluebeard Coffee, which is on Six Ave. Yep. Um, yep. then you have Liftbridge Coffee, which is downtown in the uh, courthouse building as well, like right next to Enrama. Um. There was another one down six Ave, but I don't think it survived the wave. Um, but those are the two that I I know and I have I've done business with before. We a deal mm-hmm. we featured Bluebeard Coffee, um, some of our dishes, and we sold it there as well. Then Liftbridge, um, you know, became my favorite coffee spot. Just working right next to Rama, I could walk over down the hall, 
uh, get a get a fresh cup of coffee. But um, that but chai, I mean chai tea has like been my new love. Uh, my fiance is she's Indian and like every day we drink chai. So that's what I mean when okay. I when I like tea is is chai. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All yeah. Right. <laughs> so so you've got some. How about up in, in the Lake City area? Is there, is there? Yeah, yeah. So there's actually uh, my new favorite coffee shop, man, um, in Shoreline. It's kind of near Lake City, but it's uh, it's black owned, and they've, they've actually been in the news. Um, <laughs> just with them opening, there was a lot of like hate uh, things going on and graffiti and stuff yep. like that. But um, what what is the name? I'm, I'm blanking it's, on the they're name. They're called Black Coffee. Yeah, Black Coffee. Black Coffee Northwest. Black Coffee. Um, yeah. But yeah, I went there, man. They've, they've got a dope menu. Uh, they do uh, like events on Saturdays and things like that to welcome the community. But yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. my favorite spot, man. They got a they got a drink called the Karen there, and it, it just <laughs> I kid you not. And I'm reading the menu for the first time. I'm like, you know what? I love it. Like <laughs> it just it just fit. Oh. it just fit, man. <laughs> so I okay, I'm like I have a story. <laughs> So I was, you know, we're looking, you know, we're always looking for, for people to be guests on the show. Right. And, and I was on LinkedIn and they popped up on my LinkedIn feed and I'm looking at this and I'm like, Oh, this is cool. I think it's a great name because I love coffee and it's, it's something that I had to share with my dad and my dad was always just a plain coffee, black coffee drinker. So the name black coffee, I'm like, damn, that's a great name. So I'm looking at their menu and I'm looking at, they're doing a lot of stuff with kids and, and this is, this sounds awesome. Yeah, right? yeah. And I'm reading the menu and I see that they've got a drink called the Karen. And I'm sorry. I just, I, I just thought that was hysterical. Yeah. So my, my wife's son lives in shoreline and she went over to visit. I said, can you drive through there, please? Just go get coffee, support them, go get coffee and order a Karen. And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but yeah, I think, I've heard uh, you're not the first person, which is good. Yeah. Um, they get referenced a lot and they are buying their beans from a place in Renton called Boon Buna. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boon Buna, yeah. Yeah, which is, have you been there? Yeah, yeah. That's over kind of That's a, maybe 10, 15 minutes from me, I believe. Um, so I've, I've only had to drive that way a few times to work. So um, that's the one time I got to go in the morning. It was, it was good, good coffee, man. Like, uh, yeah. couldn't complain, couldn't complain. No, it's and it's a cool space, and they're very nice people. Yeah, yeah. Um, really doing a lot for the community there too, which is, which is really what I think you know more and more of us need to be doing all the time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, honestly, um, kitchens have always taken care of the community, man. A lot of restaurants, like um, there's a lot of laws that prevent restaurants from just going out and feeding. So there's there's like small hoops to jump through, but. Um, uh, a lot of restaurants, and I'd say the majority of them that are open, the ones that are open are uh, somebody's got a, a program implemented to help the community, whether it's right. it's you know a meal kit or they're finding money to donate to buy you know toiletries and things like that. But um, that's what I love about the food industry or just the restaurant industry. Um, we really like to leave nobody behind. You know what I mean? No matter what the cause, there's there's something out there we can do. So yeah, that's that's awesome. So chef, when you're not cooking yeah 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 what do you do what do you do uh, for fun and relaxation you know i like to i got my xbox of course you know i play play a little video games get a little a little bit of that but other than that um just when, when i've been out seattle now i've just been getting into walking um working out focusing on like my, my mental health man my physical health i'm trying mm-hmm. to stay in so much shape from what i was in college uh so i hate green lake man i, I jog out a couple times a week 
Um, mostly that I've just been also, also just like getting into like actually being a foodie. I never had the opportunity okay. to like really go out because I've always worked and worked and worked. Um, being able to write my own schedule now, man, I've got some time to like really like uh, go try a restaurant or uh, go pick up a takeout meal and go sit. Uh, take some time to myself and, and, and really take it all in. But um, eating, I'd say not like a new hobby, but I've actually got to dive into it lately. Um, but it's more of like stuff I've just been focused on eating uh, for my health. Um, so that's like allowed me to like uh, also try new things in the past few months, man. Um, I tried vegan for a month. That was pretty interesting. Um, probably won't do it again. I just I like I love like real protein and things like that. Not knocking mm-hmm. it. Uh, it's 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 a good diet, man, or a good way to go about life is you know, veganism. But um, I, I'm, I need some some it's like some beef, a steak, and stuff here, man. But uh, gotcha. other than that, uh, puzzles. You know, me and my fiance, we do puzzles. We're getting into those. Just small stuff, man. Um, a lot of chefs talk about how you know sometimes they work all the time, work all the time, and you know they see their spouse later at night. But I'm taking this time to like really spend time with her and. Uh, keep our communication solid. So we're just finding random things to do, um, whether cool. it's indoor or outdoor. Um, you know, we can be binging Netflix, just watching food stuff or picking a show. Just, I don't know, it takes downtime, really. A lot of chefs don't get downtime, man. So I'm uh, really soaking it in before everything opens back up and you really got to hit the road running. So, yeah. Gotcha. I'm going to ask you one last question because this is totally random because you just said Netflix, Food Network, and all that. So what's your favorite food related movie oh man that's a tough one that's a tough one that's a tough one i like um the movie with john farber i'm pretty sure everybody's seen it's called chef or like the the chocolate lava cake guy you know but uh that's that's one of my favorite movies man because i like that that would be cool to just like up and go get a food truck start a menu just travel um and really fall in love like over and over with food again that's one of my uh-huh. top ones. I love Julia to Julia. Um, it's about okay. Ju- yeah, Julia Child. I think that's on Netflix too. But yep. I mean, who, who didn't grow up watching you know, you know Julia Child and, and making beef burger on your own and stuff like that? Like, um, so those two movies stick up there. And Good Burger, man. You know, I grew up in the Nickelodeon era. Um, Good Burger was was that movie. Like, I probably still would want a Good Burger if I if we were out there today. I go buy one. Okay. Um, so those are my three, man. A, a serious one, okay. classic, and a comedy. <laughs> what about okay? So with circling back to Chef, have yeah. you watched the show? Where chef show, yeah. Him and Roy Chow. Oh yeah, I've watched that several times over. That's like yeah. that's motivation, man. Like to do some stuff like that, or just what Roy Chow is doing, man. Simple, clean food, or um, I travel and I go to different kitchens and like do what they're doing. Like that's that's easy fun right there, man. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. The chef movie was, I watched that and I was just like, this, just, there's something about it. I know, I don't want to say it was authentic, but I don't mean, but yeah. it just, it didn't feel, it felt plausible. Let's just put it yeah, that way. It yeah. felt like it was real enough. How's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he did the training, man. I mean, looking at him now and watching the chef show, like the dudes come a lot from just being an actor and um, actually like, um, he knows what he's talking about, which is cool. You know, a lot of people like can call themselves chef and and all that stuff but it's it's that it's putting the work in and then like uh, wanting like the best for a dish and respecting that process mm-hmm. that's what it takes to be a chef and like he's like embodying like all that and, like that shows yeah. motivational man like 
Look, look at the test kitchen, Mike. You know, like, give me one of those and a camera. Let me, let me do some cooking. <laughs> right. And then uh, I don't know if you've seen this, and this is one, this was a while ago. Um, and it was just on YouTube and you, and, and, you know, but have you watched any of the cooking with Coolio? Cooking with Coolio? No, I haven't. I didn't know there was a cooking okay. with Coolio. Cooking oh, with Coolio. Gosh, I've got to check that out. And it's, <laughs> it's just go watch cooking with Coolio. Cooking with Coolio. It was, why haven't I heard of this? Like why? I don't know. Why is no one tagging this on uh, nothing? Shame on you friends. It, it was, it's probably 10 years ago. He did this. Okay. 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 And it was like, it was just like a, it's like a, they're like 10 minute episodes hmm, okay. and they're, they're funny, but he's kind of got skills. He's got knife skills and it, he knows his way around the kitchen. Let's okay, just put okay. it that way. He, but he's very funny. Yeah. 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 Huh, and yeah, you'll, if you haven't seen that, you, you might get a chuckle out of I it. Have to. Um, and he's, yeah. Anyway, um, Cooking with Julio. Cooking with Coolio, you know, very mm-hmm. simple, clean. I can see, I can see it. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we'll wrap this up. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you yeah. online? Um, so my website is two five three degrees dot com, um, and that's my handle for Instagram as well as two five three degrees. So you can find all my links to my websites there. Um, feel free to message me on my Instagram or shoot an inquiry through my website. Um, just about if you want a private dinner, if you want a virtual cooking class, um, if you want to chat food and got a question, um, I'm an open book. Um, awesome. But yeah, there and then, you know, we can exchange emails as well. And if we end up going out to have dinner, you know, cool. Let's do that. I'm down to meet people and uh, try some new food, take recommendations and all that. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I'm a regular guy. Don't be afraid, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for being on. Appreciate it. And uh, we wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you. You too, you too man. Uh, love what you guys are doing. So um, I'm just Thanks. happy to be here and share my story. So thank you. Yeah, it's a great story. Thanks a lot. All right, man. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.